Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada. After 19 years of working with patients to help them take on better habits for health and wellness, as well as a year of personal monthly habit challenges, I've learned how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So I'm getting intentional about my habits and routines, and I'm hoping to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. Today's episode is episode 162 of the Improvement Project podcast, and today I want to revisit the universally relatable subject of how to break a bad habit. Now, I discussed this back in episode 112, but it's worth talking about again, and likely again after that. Usually, I like to talk about forming better habits to make us better humans, but as we know, it's not always about making better habits. Sometimes we got to break some bad ones. Bad habits can run the gamut from nail-biting, drinking too much alcohol, smoking cigarettes, gossiping, mindlessly eating, doom-scrolling, which is my personal kryptonite. But they can be different for everyone. Here's where we will go to the book of my online pretend best friend, James Clear, to learn what he has to say on the topic. And you know that that'll be good. The book I'm referring to is his amazing book on habits called Atomic Habits. So let's do a quick review on the process of building a habit first. This process can be divided into four simple steps. And James Clear talks about this in his book. And there's also another author, Charles Duhigg, in his book, which is called The Power of Habit, I believe. And this is something that the science is pretty clear on. The process of forming a habit is divided into cue, craving, response, and reward. So these four steps are the backbone of every habit, good or bad, and your brain runs through these steps in the same order each time. So first, there is the cue. The cue triggers your brain to initiate a behavior. It is a bit of information that predicts a reward. Now, I mentioned my doom scroll habit. The cue for that habit might be seeing my phone when I'm bored or opening my phone and seeing that I've got a notification. Cravings are the second step, and they are the motivational force behind every habit. Without this motivation or desire or this craving to create a change, we won't have a reason to act. So what you crave is not the habit itself, but the change in state that it delivers. So an example of this is you don't actually crave smoking a cigarette. You crave the feeling of relief that it provides. So in my doom scroll example, perhaps I'm craving a new piece of content or a like or a comment on my own content. The third step is the response. This is the actual habit you perform. So this is actually smoking the cigarette or actually scrolling through the social feed. And then the final step is the reward, which is delivered by the response. So rewards are the end goal of every habit. Getting that dopamine hit of the like or the comment or a new piece of content to look at in the doom scroll is the reward in my habit example. And for somebody who smokes cigarettes, and that's always a good example when people are talking about bad habits, um, getting the relief of not not feeling the craving is the reward uh, for them. All right, James Clear expands in his book, Atomic Habits, on this cue, craving, response, reward, and he expands by creating a framework that he calls the four laws of behavior change. So it provides a simple set of rules for creating good habits and breaking bad habits. 
So we're going to start with how to create a good habit. And I'm going to use uh, daily exercise as an example here, because that's one of the, the habits for me, my good, healthy habits that I'm working on. So the first law, and this is related to the cue, make it obvious. So um, if you want to practice the habit of daily exercise, making it obvious might mean setting out your clothes and shoes the night before and having everything ready to go. It's obvious. You're ready to go. So the second law, which is, has to do with the craving, make it attractive. So for this one, it's make the exercise something you actually like to do. Not everybody likes to run for miles at a time. Some people like to do HIIT workouts. Some people like riding bicycle. So whatever it is, uh, if you want daily exercise to be a habit for yourself, if you make it something that's attractive, meaning that you like doing it, then you're way more likely to do it. So making it attractive. Um, then the third law, and this is related to the response, which is make it easy. So in my case, I like to do HIIT workouts. So I'm usually done in under 15 minutes and I love that it's done. So, um, and I also, also already have a plan. I follow street parking, uh, which is an online, um, exercise, uh, plan. And it's easy because I just follow what they say to do. So follow what somebody has already laid out for me. It's done in 15 minutes. That makes it easy. So that's the, the third law related to the response. And then the fourth law, this is the reward. So the, the rule here is make it satisfying. So when it comes to exercise, number one, I love it when it's done. So that's satisfying. And number two, you feel good because you get the endorphins, your body's moving. You just, you're more awake. You get more blood flow. You feel good after your exercise. So that's make it satisfying. So again, they are make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy and make it satisfying. All right. Now we can invert these laws to learn how to break a bad habit. And again, the example I will use here is my doom scroll habit. So inversion of the first law, this is about the cue, make it invisible. So my phone gets put in the other room at night and I turn off notifications during the day. So I'm not distracted and tempted. And sometimes if I get into a really bad doom scroll habit, I'll actually delete the app off of my phone for a while. I'm looking at you, Twitter. All right, number two is the inversion of the second line. This has to do with the craving. Make it unattractive. So if I have to go out to another room to get the phone, sign in with a code, scroll to the last page of apps, then open the app and sometimes reinstall the app, all of this makes it less likely that I'll engage and take part because of all of the steps. I've made it unattractive. And the inversion of the third law, which has to do with the habit itself, the response is make it difficult. So again, everything I mentioned in how I'm making it unattractive also applies for this habit. I'm going to make it difficult by, I have to go and get my phone. I have to actually use a code to sign into it. Then I have to um, scroll to find the app. Then in some cases, I actually have to reinstall the app if I want to use it. Um, so yeah, that all makes it more difficult. And then inversion of the fourth law, which is the reward, we want to make it unsatisfying. So um, in my doom scroll habit, I would get rid of all the apps that are unnecessary. Um, unfollow or mute accounts that I get lost in that aren't for the projects that I want to be using social media for. Uh, and it will give me less to look at. So I'll have less of that dopamine hit, less of the content that I want to see or that in the past allowed me to keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So the, those are the ways to make it unsatisfying. So you can apply these laws to any habit that you want to break, any bad habit that you want to break. So again, let me review um, that we want to make it um, 
invisible. We want to make it unattractive. We want to make it difficult and we want to make it unsatisfying by doing those four things to whatever the habit is that you are trying to break. You're way less likely to engage with the habit and you're going to be way more um, accomplished in uh, moving forward with better healthy habits. All right. And on that note, uh, let's talk about replacing habits instead of giving them up. So what I mean by this is sometimes if you just remove something from your your life, like give up a bad habit, now you've created a vacuum or a void. And obviously, you know, we are going to fill it with something. So we might as well fill it with something that's good. So James Clear starts this off by saying that most of your habits that are bad are a coping mechanism that's caused by stress and boredom. So he advises to break the cycle by coming up with new habits to replace the old habits. And um, he also says that you should replace the old bad habits with something that provides a similar benefit to the bad habits. So um, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example for my doom scroll habit. Like obviously I'm getting um, a hit of dopamine. Uh, Probably what would be better here is I would actually go and interact with real humans and (laughs) get my likes and my comments from real people in real time. So that's not always possible. And we all know how addictive social media can be, but replacing my bad habit of doom scrolling with a good habit of um, checking in with friends, improving relationships, having regular conversations, that's just off the top of my head, a great way that I could um, replace the doom scroll habit with something that's more positive. All right. He also gives some more tips for breaking bad habits. And as I go through these, I am going to use my doom scroll habit as an example to kind of just give you a sense of how to, how to put these into play. So he says, choose a substitute for your bad habit and then plan ahead for what to do when you have the stress or boredom that usually triggers your bad habits. So for example, when I want to doom scroll instead I can learn a second language on Duolingo instead. So I'm still on my phone and I'm still scrolling kind of because I'm on my phone, but I'm doing something productive and I'm learning instead of just getting numbed out in the scroll. Uh, Number two, he says, reduce the amount of triggers. So for me, that would be turn off notifications and delete the troublesome apps. I have less triggers. And, um, he also says, join up with someone else. It can be tempting to keep your bad habits to yourself if you feel shameful about them. But if you pair up with someone with similar goals, you can hold each other accountable. This helps to know someone is counting on you. So for me, obviously I'm sharing it here with you on this podcast, so you can hold me accountable. Um, and I know, I guess you could just check in with me on the socials to see how I'm doing, but then that's kind of like a catch 22. Cause I'm actually on the socials for you checking in with me. Anyway, accountability partners are good. So that's a really great way to do it. Um, You could also um, use the app on the phone that uh, shows you how much time you've been on each app and how many times you've picked up your phone. And I could compare that with a friend at the end of the week and just we'd have to show each other and that accountability might be enough to, to stop the doom scroll. All right. And then similarly, again, surround yourself with others who have the type of habits and lifestyle that you are looking to emulate. So basically, this is another example of let's replace the bad habits with the good habits. We want to hang out with people. We want to pick our people that have the habits that we want. We want to spend more time with the people that do the thing that we want. So again, with daily exercise, I want to hang out with people that daily exercise. If I want to do less doom scroll, I want to hang out with people who, if they're using social media, they're doing it in a way that is... 
um, less numbing, less numbing out, less doom scrolly, and it allows for it to be used in a positive way. Um, oh, here's another good example of this one is that, um, if you're hanging out with friends and you want to encourage people to use their phones less, uh, I've heard of how people go to a restaurant when, when you're allowed to, we're still getting there, um, here in Canada, but, um, you meet for dinner and all the phones go in the center of the table. And the very first person that touches their phone or checks their uh, notifications or anything on their phone, they're the one that has to pay the check. So that, uh, that makes the reward less satisfying if you, um, if you have to pay the check. So something to consider. All right. And James Clear also mentions visualization as an important step to really picture yourself curbing the bad habit and what your look, your life would look like on the other side of you not doing the bad habit anymore. And most importantly, don't beat yourself up. If you slip up, have grace for yourself and begin again. And he also suggests that the following things um, can help you as you're experiencing the urge to partake in your undesired habit. So it gives you a sense of checking in to see where are the, the times when you're likely to slip up. So like, when does your bad habit actually happen? So for me, it's like, if I want to procrastinate because I have another project to work on, like preparing this podcast, for example, or when I'm getting into bed at night, if I have my phone with me, that's um, a spot that the bad habit might happen. How many times do you do it each day? A bunch. And again, the phone has that app, so you can actually check and see how many times did I pick up my phone? How many times did I open the Instagram or the Twitter or the Facebook app? Um, how much time was I on those apps? So those are things that you can do to check in on um, when it is that you're doing the thing. And again, obviously, um, if it's something like smoking cigarettes or biting your nails or, um, you know, any bad habit that you can think of, just checking in with where are you when this happens? How many times a day do you do it? What are you doing? Um, who are you with? What triggers the behavior and causes it to start? Is it boredom? Is it procrastination? Uh, is it stress? And then just simply tracking these issues will help make you more aware of the behavior and give you dozens of ideas for stopping it. Because if you know when, where, with who, how, all of those things, then you can avoid those things or change them up and make plans to try and avoid that bad habit. And another great suggestion is to keep track of how many times a day your bad habit happens by just having a piece of paper with you and like making a little tick mark on it. Um, and then it just basically like increases your awareness about you doing it. Sometimes we do these things unconsciously. I know I pick up my phone unconsciously. So if I um, then can look in and go, oh, I was doing that thing, then I'm more likely to be able to change it. And when we discussed breaking bad habits back in episode 112, Jenny shared a great tip that she heard, and that was using a jar full of something like buttons or coins or marbles. And every time you feel the urge to do something that you don't want to do, and then you don't do it, you move a marble from one jar to the next. So she uh, heard about this concept um, by, from uh, life coach Brooke Castillo. And life coach Brooke Castillo, she refers to this as the urge jar. So, um, and she relates it to weight loss, but I think it's really applicable to tracking bad habits and visually seeing your willpower get bigger and bigger each time you put something new in the other jar. So each time you've resisted an urge to smoke a cigarette or bite your nails or uh, get on the doom scroll or, um, you know, uh, numb out in front of Netflix or whatever your bad habit is, then you put a, a marble in the jar and you can see your, your, um, your willpower growing. All right, here's something else to consider. 
Um, I want you to just stop procrastinating and get after it. So if you're listening to this, I'm going to bet that you're committed to ditching your bad habits in favor of good ones. But are you waiting until Monday to start or next month or when summer is over? How about when the perfect time presents itself? So here's a hint. The perfect time does not exist. Or if it does, it is this very moment. So my online pretend best friend, Jen Sincero, says that procrastination is simply self-sabotage and fear. She goes on to say that especially when it comes to replacing a bad habit with a good habit, you need to realize that it's not a good idea to wait, that you're screwing around and you're just scared to get started. So my thoughts are that it's essential to start to notice if and when you're prone to procrastination, both when you are procrastinating by doing the bad habit that you are trying to break, for example, doom scrolling is the habit and the procrastination. And also when you're procrastinating from getting started on your good habit, putting the phone down, getting back to work, starting the exercise, going to take your vitamins, whatever it might be that's your good habit and you're procrastinating on it. My life coach calls this buffering. When you're just in the in-between place, not really doing anything that is helpful or productive or moving you forward. Some people will do this buffering by doom scrolling or watching Netflix or, you know, puttering around the house and procrastinating or doing all the things instead of the thing that they should be doing. So if you're in this place and you're buffering and you notice it, then you can get back on track. So you need to create a strategy to knock you out of it and get back on track. Or you basically you're creating a new trigger. So what I did is I made a list of things that I can do when I find myself in that buffering, procrastination, doom scrolling, nowhere place. So number one, move my body. When I notice I'm doing it, if I get up or stretch or dance, jump up and down, even just walk to another room, sometimes that's just enough to like change my, my state and my nervous system so that I, I'll get back to what I was supposed to be doing instead of doom scrolling. And this might be helpful for you in whatever habit you're trying to break. Changing your physical state and your environment are great ways to tune into what's happening so that you don't just fall back into your automatic bad habits. Uh, Number two, um, what I do is I reach out to my coach or my accountability partners and I let them know that I need some support or a little lecture or some encouragement. So that's something that you can do in your world as well. If you're part of the Improvement Project Facebook group, reach out for help and just say, hey, like I need somebody to give me a little kick in the pants here because I keep falling into this bad habit or I'm procrastinating. Somebody tell me to just get after it. So just reaching out to somebody to, to give you a little bit of support. And then the other thing that I do if I'm really struggling with all of this is I make a list of the reasons why I want to move forward with the better habit. It's like what James Clear mentioned, visualizing the good outcome of getting after it and sticking with it. So that can be extremely helpful. So you can try any of these, or maybe you can think of something that will work well for you to get you back on track toward your new healthy habit. And the last thing I want to mention today about uh, breaking up with bad habits is we want to focus less on what you are doing and more on who you are being. So many habits don't stick because we only focus on the actions themselves. However, your thoughts and beliefs are also habits, which then dictate all of your actions. For example, when you're trying to quit smoking, instead of identifying as an ex-smoker trying to quit it will be key to start to identify as someone who is healthy and takes good care of themselves and does not smoke. So when you begin to identify someone who is a non-smoker and the inevitable urge for the cigarette comes up, 
you will be way less likely to indulge in the habit because smoking cigarettes is no longer compatible with who you are. Or in my case, I'm working on becoming someone who doesn't numb out and buffer with social media. I use it as a tool because it's useful. And then I put it away and get back after whatever my next project is. So when you shift your identity, you don't give yourself the opportunity for debate because the bad habit simply doesn't align with who you are. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Habits are less about what you are doing and more about who you are being. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. I hope that my online pretend best friend James Clear and I have given you some things to think about and try as you do your best to say goodbye to bad habits that don't serve you and replace them with good, healthy habits. You got this. For questions or comments, send an email to the Improvement Project at drpeggymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get my attention by using the hashtag The Improvement Project. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at theimprovementproject.com. If this episode was helpful at all for you, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. This is the number one way that new listeners find this podcast. So if you found it helpful or entertaining, pass it on. And we also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join our community. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it. Hey, before you go, I just want to share something that may be just what you are looking for to help you get on track with your habits and routines. Most busy women know that they should be doing something different to lock in good habits and routines to take care of themselves. They know that they should get consistent with their healthy habits and self-care. They know they should eat better, drink more water, move their bodies more, and manage their stress better. They know they would feel better if they created a calm home and working environment, surrounded themselves with people who support their big dreams and goals, and tuned in to being grateful for it all every day. Despite knowing this, they often just don't do anything about it. They just keep doing what they have been doing. How about you? Are you ready to get some help to get your good healthy habits on track by finally doing something about it? I can help. If you've been part of my world for the long haul, you may remember that back in 2013, I worked with clients one-on-one in a coaching program to help them get consistent with their health and self-care habits. This one-on-one coaching program helped people like you in making better choices for their habits and routines, as well as keeping them accountable to those new choices. And I'm bringing it back. I'm looking to work with six women over 12 weeks to decrease procrastination and decision fatigue and increase consistency, self-awareness, and productivity. We will work together on your habits challenges and help you to take control of your health and happiness. It's time to say yes to your needs more often and say no to everything that doesn't serve you. If you would like to work with me in this 12-week one-on-one life-changing habits accountability coaching program, or if you would like more information, send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email to drpeggy at drpeggymalone.com. And I'll send you all the details and help get you on track to be your happiest and healthiest and overall best version of you. Let's get after it.